no one should be excluded from doing what they're good at because of who they are. I think there is still a long way to go in terms of acceptance. So I don't think I could go on a moral level. I don't think I feel safe there. I think some Qatar officials are just paying lip service, saying like, oh, if, you're, if you are LGBTQ, you will be welcome. Homophobia in football has been a talking point for years, but with the World Cup being played in Qatar, the issue has never been more relevant. We will be discussing this and more on today's episode with interviews with Chris, who is a Sunderland supporter, and Tommy Stewart, who is a freelance BBC journalist, both of which are part of the LGBTQ community. This is Word on Wayside. With the World Cup in full swing, we've already witnessed some magical footballing moments. However, the tournament has been somewhat overshadowed by Qatar's stance on LGBTQ rights. We saw in the game between Wales and USA earlier in the World Cup that fans and journalists were denied entrance into the stadium because of rainbow colours, whether lappy pocket hats or t-shirts. What were your views on that, Lewis? Yeah, I just I didn't understand it really. I thought it was a bit ridiculous. I don't see how them wearing those flags or wearing those colours is, is harming anyone. I get that it goes against the views in Qatar, but they're hosting a, a world event you know they're going to have fans from all different cultures go over there i think there's a part of it that you have to be accepting you know and, and since then fifa have have come out and said that qatar have to stop doing that they have to let the fans in let them wear what they want to wear but i just i, I can't really understand how it was hurting anyone in the first place you know yeah. it just it's just an acceptance thing yeah and obviously i think qatar official came out and said rob that it was for the fans and journalists' own safety, but that just seems to be a bit of an excuse. It, yeah, it does seem to be a cop-out answer. I mean, I think Lewis summed it up pretty well. Sort of, Qatar knew that when they got the World Cup back in around 2010, I think, is yeah. when they were given it, and they knew, well, maybe not then, but as time's gone on, they've surely been aware of what's gone on in the world and how the community has grown and is more prevalent than ever so they knew that this was potentially that this not potentially this was going to be something that they were going to have to deal with and they're just not doing a very good job of it to be quite frank and it's just something that they need to they need to sort out yeah and obviously earlier in the world cup i think this was prior to any of the games actually taking place we saw fifa and i think the wales fa as well come out and said that the captains of the teams would be wearing a one love armband to show they support the community eventually obviously those captains and the nations decided to back down of that. FIFA came out and said that they could be penalised for doing so. The captains could be, you know, yellow carded or red carded. And there was a whole debate on it after one of the games. I think Roy Keane was the first one to disagree with it. Lewis, is he right to disagree with that? Yes, I, th- I think, I think the way that it went down was quite poor from all the nations that that did step down from that. They they said that they were going to wear the one love armband and they were going to represent the community and as soon as they got the slightest bit of pushback they, they dropped it and I think if I was a member of, of the community that would that would hurt me because I would have felt like I was going to be represented on a global stage and I was going to get my message out there and, and now I've been told that because of a yellow card that players get all the time for diving and chatting back to the referee they're not going to do it for a, what what I would see as a big cause, and I, I think that is a, a poor showing from from those nations. Yeah, and like Lewis said there, Rob, you've got a yellow card is not a punishment. You know, you're not going to miss any games. You're not going to no, you're not. miss any of the knockout, this group stages, whatever it may be. A yellow card is nothing in the grand scheme of things. And 
for FIFA to come out and I think again the Wales FA I think were one that come out and said it as well it does just seem like a cop out to use that as an excuse not to go ahead with which you want the support 100% especially when you consider that they, the England team still took the knee I think mm. before the first game I want to say before all of their games at the World Cup yeah, the in, the, in the group stage so they can take the knee to show that they're united against racism and uh, discrimination and stuff but as Lewis said, the threat of a yellow card is enough for them to go. Oh no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna risk it. I do want to say, I want to say, I've got a lot of respect for Germany and Denmark who have gone ahead and still worn the armbands. I'm not sure if they. I think it was another nation did something similar as well. And I can't remember because I know I know Denmark ahead, wore it quite prevalently. I think Manuel Neuer in uh, Germany's first group game had it under his shirt, so it was still you could see it at certain angles, but it wasn't fully on display um i've got a lot of re- i've got a lot of respect for them and i think the german fa also said they were going to consider taking legal action against fifa for doing that and obviously there's, there's a lot of pressure being put on players and you know you look at harry kane he's the captain of england and you know he's the one that's going to be at the forefront of all these conversations and debates and there is a lot of pressure on them to you know go out there stand up for the community and you know put on and and demonstrate that you know we don't necessarily agree with the rights um, issue out there in Qatar, but ultimately, whether people, you know, choose to agree with it or whether people choose to debate it, the players aren't there to do that. They're there to play football for the country. They're there to win the tournament. And I think Tommy Stewart shared a similar sentiment. Southgate's getting asked about it as well, and the players. It's nothing to do with them. It's not their fault. They're there to play football. They're they're doing a job. There were fans asking for teams to boycott the tournament before it actually began and as you would expect this divided fan opinions on what was the right thing to do in this situation. Tommy had his own thoughts about this as an idea. I would love to boycott this World Cup but it's it's there now, it's on. That might sound like a shoddy excuse but I, I'm, I am going to watch it, it's not my fault. Qatar obviously claimed that supporters are welcome and I think recently they have relaxed the stance on the issue and you know, I think it was within the last week or so that they've started to allow rainbow colours back into the stadiums for people, like I said earlier, with bucket hats or T-shirts or flags, whatever it may be. But Chris just seems to think this is just for the cameras. I think some Qatar officials are just paying lip service, saying like, oh, if you're if you are LGBTQ, you will be you will be welcome. What if you are from Qatar? You're you're a Qatar national, and you are LGBTQ. Is that mean you're going to get a free pass for those few weeks, and then then all the the TV cameras will go away, and you and you're back to being vilified and criminalised for being gay. You know, it's it's um, I just it just feels the attitudes among officials are different to what what they're saying. Tommy also had this to say on the topic: I wouldn't feel safe, which is so sad in 2022. The fact that I wouldn't be welcome somewhere in this year is just so so upsetting. Some of the stats on the Rainbow Laces website are obviously a little bit alarming and a little bit surprised, and we'll go through a couple of them now. First of all, starting with you, Rob, obviously looking at the website. Now, only 43% of sport fans think live sport events are welcoming for LGBTQ plus fans. Obviously, I spoke to Chris earlier in the week. If it was purely football, then I could certainly understand it from that perspective. So I think I think there is a lot more, the attitudes in especially among the fans. I think the attitudes are a little bit behind on, on the way the rest, the rest of the world is going. Does it surprise you? Yeah, it does. I mean, as you say, it's not just purely football. Like, in terms of all live sporting events, I would have thought that 
um, they've made great strides in order to make the community feel more welcome at events and you know something you'd have to dig a little bit deeper into to maybe get some reasons behind that but I'd have thought with everything that people have done whether it's regard to support events to try and make um, the community feel more welcome at these events I would have thought the number would have been slightly higher I mean I guess the positive is if we were going to look at this five years ago I don't, I don't think it'd be anywhere near as high as 43% but it's still not even half of fan of sport fans that attend live sports events saying that they're welcoming yeah. that, that's, that's, that's not good enough yeah. and obviously the one actually right next to it is obviously a lot of a, a much lower number Lewis but probably more alarming than the other one 14% of sports fans think homophobic remarks are acceptable in sport that is still a high number of people who think it's acceptable to you know give out these slurs towards players towards fans towards managers coaching staff whoever it may be it's a high number it is a high number because you know if you break that down that's for every 100 people in a stadium there's 14 of them according to this thing it's acceptable to abuse people just because of, of who they're attracted to and I, that is just that is just wrong yeah. I know that when you spoke to Chris he said that he'd heard language being used in a stadium before that, that probably wasn't acceptable and it was from somebody that you would probably not expect from a young child I think the most the most shocking one it was purely innocent I think but the, I was I was at a match and like a, an opposition opposition player went down and um this, she, she must have been no no older than like seven or eight and she was just get up your puff like that and and I don't think she necessarily understood what she was saying but obviously she had picked that up from somewhere and I think it, it's an education issue more than anything else I think people just need to be aware that the words can hurt and the things that they say to people really can't have a meaning and an impact on them and there's no need for them to you know I get that, that sport is a it's a passionate thing when you go there, you're full of adrenaline. You want to see your team win, but that doesn't mean that abuse can just be thrown out and not, not stopped. Moving away from the stats, obviously on the Rainbow Laces website, homophobic abuse is very prominent on social media, and I think just about everyone that you know has an interest in sport, whether that be football or not, has probably seen it across social media on Twitter, especially. You do see it all the time, Lewis. You do. I mean, if you spend more than 20 minutes on Twitter probably not even that you'll see somebody calling somebody else something discriminatory it's it's just become common practice online and a, a lot of it stems down to people hiding behind a screen thinking that they won't get punished and a lot of yeah. the time they're not getting punished for this they're, they're getting away with saying whatever they want to say and it, it needs there needs to be stricter tighter control on it really because it's not just the players that are getting abuse it's the fans it's sometimes even just family members of players, anything like that. You post a picture, a player posts a picture, and there's just torrents of abuse coming off of off of the comment section, and somebody needs to put a stop to it. Yeah, obviously it can be a good place to go after you know after your favourite teams just won a game. You go on Twitter, you see what's happened, what people are talking about, Rob. But you know you see it all the time. It, it, a lot of the time it is racism, but you do see homophobic abuse in comments, in replies. You see people messaging footballers or athletes directly on Instagram and you know some of the slurs that people are getting thrown at them are discriminatory to say the least um, it's something that doesn't really get picked up on as much as it should No I think Lewis mentioned it there there needs, there needs to be a lot tighter uh, safeguarding from the social media companies first and foremost if we want to try and help kick this stuff to the curb and kind of kick it out of 
our society. And I think Lewis also mentioned it earlier. It's an edu- it's an educational issue as well. No one is born to say this sort of stuff. No one is born with this image of one group of people is less valuable than the other. There needs to be t- tighter safeguarding on social media so that athletes and stuff are protected. Not just athletes, just everyone is protected. And then on top of that, it's an educational thing for me. Yeah, well, on the educational thing, going back to the World Cup quickly, I know when Rob spoke to Tommy, there was he said something similar along the lines of Qatar got this World Cup many years ago. They knew it was going to be hosted there. And it they haven't done enough in terms of education in that country and that is probably prevalent in other countries as well but it's if you're going to host a worldwide event you need to be welcoming and you need to educate your people on what other cultures are going to be like they really should have worked harder to educate their people more um educate the world more and make sure we're not got we've not got to a point where we basically have to shut up and pretend we're not lesbian gay bisexual non-binary or trans wrapping up the episode if you're interested in learning more about the topics discussed then please visit www.stonewall.co.uk and head to their rainbow laces campaign this has been josh lewis and rob and thank you for listening to word on Wayside. side